Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Rocks in my pocket. Latvian-born artist and filmmaker Zygna Bobani tells of five fantastical tales based on courageous women in her family and their battles with madness. With boundless imagination and a twisted sense of humor, she has created daring stories of art, romance, marriage, nature, business, and Eastern European upheaval, all in the fight for her own sanity. We are, as I said, we are joined today by the director of this wonderful film, Rocks in My Pocket, Signa Bomani. Bomani, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, honored and thrilled to be on your show. Thank you. Tell me uh, a little bit about how the uh, you decided to move forward with a film that's obviously very personal, very much uh, about your own family. What was it that prompted you to want to do this film? I, I, you know, I made uh, 15 short films, and um, I felt that I was ready for a feature film, and I mm. always, the subjects of my films, my um, uh, previous films, are things that bother me, or not bother me, but kind of like are on my mind a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I made a film about dentists, I made film about <laughs> sex uh, from woman's point of view, mm-hmm. and um, and then I started to think that I have this train of thoughts, uh, you know, about my darkest thoughts mm-hmm. and I thought it would be fun to make kind of a comedy film about these dark self-destructive thoughts so I started to write a script about it and after five pages I realized that um, there's not, not enough feature film material in there and I uh, went deeper I, I said well I have to discover where these thoughts come from where they could possibly come from and I started to I thought I write you know, maybe in five more pages my family history, but once I started to write the family history, I couldn't stop because it's just uh, incredible history of the family of a uh, hundred years of um, of the family mm-hmm. and how uh, it all comes together in like in, into into me mm-hmm. and in my case. Now, have all all your previous films been animated as well? Yes, I am so, an animator so. by. I, I am educated as a phil. I study philosophy, and right after I graduated from philosophy, I went into animation. So, what was the? Is there now because the film is done with a lot of humor, um, and yeah. I think, and by the way, your voice in an, in the way that you um, tell the story, uh, it it has a there's a certain wry quality to the way you you articulate the story that really. For as a viewer, gives you a, a great way to you know to appreciate what what was going on in, in the story to pull someone into the story. So I I, this, I think it's as important as the animation is the way that you tell the story. There is humor, but there's also undoubtedly these moments in the film that are um, you know facing some very hard truths in, in your family. But I I thought the way you approached it it really uh, maximized the uh, the impact of it. Does that make sense? What I'm yeah, I, it does. I, um, the voiceover actually was the hardest part of uh, this uh, whole puzzle of making a feature film. 
uh, I mean, financing as well, but uh, yeah. voiceover is hard because I'm not an actress, and I had a lot of doubts. I still have doubts about performing the voiceover myself, but I felt it's a personal film, and I cannot ask an actor to do the same thing. It wouldn't be the same impact. And so um, film's co-producer, Sturgis Warner, he's a theater director as well, and so uh, he uh, worked with me on developing the voice, uh, the voiceover. So we worked for seven weeks, five hours every day, mm. um, and then we performed in, uh, in front of audience uh, 30 people. Like we just tested if, the, if this works as a woman's, uh, one woman's show, and it did. And so we were assured, and so we went ahead with recording the film and um, going ahead with making the, the, the film. Well, it really did work, and, and, and it's, like I said, it's such an important, such a, a difficult people a subject for uh, people to kind of deal with anyway, and, and so to be told in, in such a, like I said, a very appropriate way, but at the same time, just very inviting way that you were able to craft it. Um, yeah, the one thing that I also feel... Um, what I think that what you're saying is that I, oh, the way I understand is like I really, to me personally, I don't have self pity. Like I, I don't have that thing that oh poor me, oh, look at me how I suffer. Um, it, do, it doesn't interest me mm. to, to 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 even talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's in some ways the the voiceover doesn't the, the narrator the, my voiceover doesn't really go in there into what what it is like the self-pity the, the reflection of what is happening but it just tells exactly what's happening it just recounts it's a recount of events yeah rather than yeah i i and i completely agree with you and that and that again that is what i think one of the true strengths of the film is that now we haven't really talked a whole lot yet about the actual i, I mentioned the five fantastical tales uh, the five women that you you spotlight in the film. Let's talk a little bit about your the in relation to the film about your family uh, going back. How how long back do we go in terms of the history of your family? The story starts in 1901 mm-hmm. um, with the uh, with my grandfather Indulis, uh who uh, counterfeit money in right. um, Tsarist, uh, Tsarist Russia and uh, Tsarist Poland. It was, uh, Poland at the time was part of Russia, so so he was uh, sitting in Warsaw and counterfeiting money to um, uh, to raise money for um, a revolution. Right. So he was counterfeiting Soviet money or Russia. No, it was not Soviet at the time. There was, was no Russia. Soviet. Soviet right, right. came in nineteen seventeen, right. which is another part of history. That's right. <laughs> it's that's a complicated right. history of the 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 Eastern European history is unbelievably complicated, and I could not even go into that. That would be a separate film. <laughs> so I kind of set it. I just in broad strokes, I set it a background. Mm. Uh, the history was a background for the characters. I, I don't want to give away it. anything from the film that uh, I yeah. think people enjoy, but the the fact that he's Hand painting, hand drawing, Russian czarist money, and what happens? 
<laughs> because of his his efforts, it's, it's very fu- it's funny and it's also very telling part of his sort of his. I know, character. but you know, it is so funny because I, for many years, I related to my grandfather more than to anybody in my family because of this crazy story. Because I thought, why did I go into animation? How crazy <laughs> is that? Because you know, you you create a something by little by little. Like I could make seventy drawings a day. And I need 30,000 drawings to make a feature. Yeah. You know, that that is a humongous effort. And I thought of him sitting there and painting my hand this money. Yes. And probably he could finish maybe 50 uh, bills a day or like yeah. uh, uh, three bills a day. And he did it for two years, just the way how I did drugs in my pocket for, you know, for four years. <laughs> Did you? Is that how, that was how long the the process uh, the the actual animation pro- process took? Four, yeah, I I finished um, a script, the first draft, in January 2010, and then it took uh, you know a year uh, to work on a voiceover and to start re- some kind of understand how we are going to do this film and also fundraise because fundraising was the hardest thing to do. And then uh, and then once we fundraised the money in 2000. Well, we started to work full-time on mm. the film, mm. uh, a small team of three people. I mean, me uh, animating and two assistants, uh, you know, the editor and a color designer, coloring and putting it together in After Effects. So it was um, a big uh, effort. And then, of course, film premiered in June, July 2014. So from, end, from beginning to end, it's four years. We're speaking with uh, Zigna Bomani. She's the director animator of this wonderful film called Rocks in My Pocket Pockets, and it opens today at the Lemley Royal in Los Angeles. And I understand that you're going to be at some of the screenings. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, um, I am. I'm going to be present at five screenings. Uh, I'll probably be present at more screenings, but there are five official Q and A's with me. So uh, people who would come to the screening uh, where I'm present, at the, at the end of the film, I have uh, three paper mache rocks that I made, and I hand-painted them. Mm. And I'm, I'll be throwing them at the audience. Usually it's different. It's, it's always the audience who stones, to, who gets <laughs> to stone, the director. And in my case, I decided that I'm going to flip it, and I'm going to throw rocks at audience. <laughs> And the person who will catch this paper mache rock, it's a light rock, it doesn't, it can't hurt, right? But the person who will catch that rock will be lucky in love for 27 years. Oh my goodness, well I'm going to be there then for sure. Yes, and then also (laughs) I'll, at each screening where I'm going to be present, I'll give away three drawings uh, to audience members for free, uh, three drawings from the film. They're hand-drawn um, on paper, uh-huh. because that's how the film was made. Yes. And um, I don't know yet how I will select the three lucky audience members to get the drawings, but probably it would be a quick quiz, like I ask questions from uh, the film, like, you know, what was the name of my grandfather, or like mm. in what year revolution happened, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so the people who would know the answer will get the drawing. And then, uh, at my whim, if the audience is well-behaved, I will give away a uh, Rocks in My Pockets poster to, again, like a few select uh, audience members. So it's going to be Christmas um, <laughs> time. How fun. <laughs> at How the fun. Rocks in My Pockets screenings at Lemley Royal. Lemley Royal, it's a wonderful theater, and it's a great... I'm so glad uh, 
that you're going to be doing all this. It sounds like fun, and you, and um, yeah, and again, it's very much in keeping with the spirit of the film. I, I, um, well, I beside okay, so we've kind of covered your grandfather, and that it's. Well, let me ask you, sort of, as you reflect back on, and I'm sure you've had more than enough time to reflect back on the, your family's history. It it is it is fascinating the way these things resonate forward in our in our families. Um, you yeah. know things, the the good and the not so good. You know how they are a part of us, even though we're individual human beings. We're born into this world and making our to make our own way. But it's hard. It's amazing how much it of our history. Do you think this is learned? Do you think it's part of a genetic sort of uh, makeup of us that our behavior is guided so much by you know, our past, how do you, how, how do you feel after all this time? How do you, how do you see that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not an expert of, of anything. I feel like, I mean, I, yeah. I'm an artist, so I, I did, I studied philosophy, now I studied psychology, but I feel there is an article in the New York Times like four years ago um, that uh, said that Darwin st- suffered from uh, depression and um and then but he wrote his best work while he was depressed severely depressed and uh, the the article asked if the evolution if if um if depression was not necessary then evolution it would have weeded it out we wouldn't have it mm. so for some reason there is a reason why there is a depression and the article answer answered the question they said uh the depression the way how I understood that depression resides in the same part in brain as deep focus resides, mm-hmm. and like in the times when I when I'm when I get depressed and I'm saying where is this feeling coming from? What is it? What I'm feeling right now? That pain, and that pain to me is realization of self. Like it is my understanding of self that brings this pain. Like my focus on self, and you know like. The, the moment I turn inwards and I start to focus on that self, on the feeling, it kind of, I don't know. But I feel that we would not be humans if we didn't have that feeling of self. So anyway, I don't want to get too complicated, no, but I, I feel no. that depression is with us for a reason. And I do feel also like a, your question about the family history and how, you know, these events happen in families and why they happen. And I feel that, yes, it's partly upbringing, uh, partly the culture, but it's also it's a chemical makeup of each person mm-hmm. that can be inherited probably. Um, and it's just what person does with it um, and in what cultural circumstances it happens to be. And I think that there are many factors that influence it. Um, well, well, let, let, let me just pause it for, uh, for the, the, it is that I believe, as you say, I think this is an, an inherent trait of all human beings is, is a state of depression. Uh, as you said, deep focus is, is, is a part of that. But I also think that the problem, a big part of uh, the problem for people who deal with that on a regular basis is the reaction of the people around us and in, 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 in some greater sense, uh, society's reaction to it. I think it, it's not seen, it's seen as something that needs to be cured. And, and I think what you're saying is it's just part of us. It's, it's a part of, yeah. it is part of the human condition. I, I think that you, I think if you're a, a bright, 
sentient human being, you can't help but think about the things that we'll never have control over in our life. And that sense of helplessness can sometimes feed into that sense uh, that, you know, of that that part of our, 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 our psyche. And uh, I, I think that's the reaction of people around us that, that creates a lot of the distress that comes with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I have read a lot about, like, recently there was an article about, um, like, voices. You know, people, some people hear voices. And, um, and they, um, there's a research, and researchers discovered that the voices in Western countries are more aggressive and mean, <laughs> where the uh, voices that people hear in third world countries are, are kind, more kind and actually helpful. And there are voices of relatives that tell you, oh, you should dust your room today, or you should clean up this, or you don't put hand in fire. Um, whereas in Western countries, they're more mean. And only the researchers thought it was because the Western society denies uh, mental illness. It denies, it yeah. says, if you, if you hear voices, you're mentally ill, and it's bad, and you should go in the hospital. And right. that creates the antagonism. But, you know, again, I'm not an expert. Right. I don't, I don't know anything. It's no. just, it just I, like I always think about it, and I, I guess I have opinions, um, but I, I can't advise anybody anything. So. Well, well, all that aside, you have put together a beautiful film, an enjoyable, uh, heartwarming. Um, it just a, it's, a, it's a wonderful film, and I'm, I am so happy and honored that you were able to be here today, but you will also today you'll be at the Lemley Royal in Los Angeles. People can yep. find that. Google Lemley Royal, you'll find it. Um, and if you'll be there at the screening tonight, did you say the 5 o'clock screening? I, I wasn't sure. Uh, yes, I think it's 7.50. So, oh, 7.50, okay. Yeah, but I'll be there before uh, other screenings. I'll just be in the lobby. Um, if anybody has questions, I'll be there. Very good. Because I'm in, L- I'm in L.A. I'm not here very often, yeah. and uh, so I want to use the opportunity to meet audiences and and um, you know. No, where 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 do you are you normally out of? Uh, where do you where do you do your? Where's your studio? It's in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's uh, and uh, I wanted to also say that we premiered the film in Latvia. Yes. Oh, yes. In uh, in August uh, on August twenty first mm-hmm. and six six hundred people came to uh, the uh, premiere, and sixty of them were my relatives. <laughs> And uh, and so it was a compl- for me it was a very complicated <laughs> screening, um, and some of them cried, some of them one of them walked out, and um, but uh, the main reaction was, uh, why, how dare you to tell these secrets, you know, family secrets, yeah. uh, and what is going to happen now to our family that now everybody knows. We were worried that younger generation will never be able to marry, because now people know that. The family is crazy, oh, no. but um, but it's not true because no. uh, a lot of Latvians came to me and said our family is just the same. Yeah. It's just, we just we don't talk about these things, and I feel that uh, like part of the reason why I made the film is to break down the stigma. Yes. It's like it's it's okay. Everybody has these stories in their families. It's okay to talk about it. We are the same. <laughs> yeah. And to your yeah. point, I, to your point, my great grandparents and my grandparents have both gone to their graves, and I have no, I know so little about them. I knew so little about them, and I know that just based on the my family, as I look around, 
there were some tremendous issues <laughs> that were that were never dealt with and will continue to uh, dog the people in my family because we've never talked about them. We're not we're not supposed to. And it's a, it's just a it's a tragedy. It really, truly is. And I think a film like uh, Rocks in My Pockets is, is one of those films that will will spur people to in a very benign way. That's a, what I so appreciate about the film is it's such a such a loving way to introduce this as a subject uh, to people. And I'm so I'm really very, very happy that you made the film and all the all future success to you. I I, I hope to to see you again soon. Are you? Do you have something um, you're working on now? Or yeah, the, right now we it's really want to get the the baby out. The rocks in my pocket, <laughs> my baby. I want to get it out and walk it on its own legs. And um, it is we we do a tremendous push to just to connect it with audience and uh, and like follow through. Uh, so I hadn't had time to think about a new project specifically, but I have four ideas that I want to develop. And one of the ideas is, uh, I don't know, like happy film about unhappy marriage. <laughs> 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 or, or I feel I, I'm very interested in exploring the human relationships and one like, you know, the relationships between genders. And there is a line where sometimes gender line gets washed out, and I want to explore that. Okay. Um, the marriage with, ge- with the gender, where the gender boundaries are washed out. Okay. Well, very good. Very good. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank Sydney you. Sidney Bamani, yes. uh, the, the, direct, the director of the film Rocks in My Pockets, uh, is opening today at the Lemley Royal in Los Angeles, and we'll be rolling out across the country you can go to the website, and I've just lost your website. What's that? What is it for? Uh, Rocksinmypocketsmovie.com. Rocksinmypocketsmovie.com. Thank you so much for being on Film School. Thank you so much. Thank take, you. Take care. Okay. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.